Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about what's happening in the state of Washington and some very important litigation that we filed there and uh, what we're going to be accomplishing over the next uh, few months and even next, next few years. It'll be very significant for religious freedom. We're also going to talk about some of the legislation pending there. But before we do that, I'd like to first uh, talk to our attorney out of our Idaho office, uh, Catherine Hartley. Uh, attorney Catherine Hartley, are you there? Yes, thanks for having me, Brad. Well, welcome. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you being being with us uh, this morning. And uh, I understand that we've got some a hot case that we've just filed there in federal court uh, there in Idaho. What's uh, What's going on with this case? Tell us about it. Yes, Brad, our client uh, is a former bus driver for a school district, and he, like many people across the country have become very concerned about the types of materials that are finding their way into school libraries. And he became very vocal about this issue. And he was actually trying to work with uh, members of the board on this issue and decided to write a letter to the editor uh, to get the word out about this issue. And he was fired uh, from the district, directly related to him writing a letter to the editor. So it is a very uh, interesting case. And uh, I think it's relatively straightforward also. Yeah, it's very straightforward. I mean, when you go to work for the government, you don't shed your First Amendment rights it's not like where this is communist China, where you have to agree with everything the Communist Party says and your, di your communist dictator says in order to keep your job working for the communist government. Uh, this is the United States. I mean, he should be able to express himself in his op-ed. Uh, was, was there any, any other reason given? Was it like, well, you're also a reckless driver, uh, you, uh, <laughs> you know, peel out too much uh, from the parking lot? or Is it, is it just his, his expressing his opinion? Uh, I, I, as, you know, with this editorial, is that the only reason? Yes, Brad. Uh, he had no no complaints about his functioning as a bus driver in any way. And yes, it was made clear that the reason for his termination was this letter to the editor that made the school look bad. So yes, there's there is no other reasoning given. And and like you said, I think this is a pretty straightforward case and truly uh, frightening that this is happening, like you said, in our country. Did they tell him verbally, this is why we're letting you go, or did they put it in writing, or was it just sort of suddenly, right after he did the op-ed, you're fired, no reason given? What, what, how's it look? Uh, both. So he was uh, spoken to verbally, and he actually followed up and said, because he was fairly shocked by this, understandably. And he followed up and, and then received in writing the exact same reasons that he heard verbally. And this was the this was the only reason given for his termination. Are you able to say what school district in Idaho this is at or is, is it too premature to do that? 
Uh, it is the Salmon River School District. The Salmon River School District. Where's that located near? Probably Salmon it's River, in, but I, I'm, I'm not from Idaho. so. <laughs> it's, in a, it's a small town, Riggins, Idaho. Riggins, Idaho. Is it, uh, in the, the, is it near Boise or Coeur d'Alene? Uh, really about halfway in between. About halfway in between. Very small town. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Catherine, this is why I liked for people to know this because our, our position at PGI is to make sure that everyone gets help wherever the American flag's flying. Even if it's out in the boonies, out in the middle, smack dab in the middle of Idaho, boom, we're there, you're there, you're going to bat for this bus driver, and no school district anywhere in the country thinks, should think for a moment they can get away with this just because of where they're located or where they're not located. Uh, I think this is a very important, very important case. Um, you know, we have a case similar to this in uh, the state of Oregon. We have two teachers that were fired not because anything they did on the job as a teacher, but strictly and solely because of what they said on their own web, uh, website, if you will, uh, on their own time, on their own computer, their own time, that they expressed concerns as far as education policies. And they never even mentioned their school district at all. And they were fired because the authorities somehow found out about it there at the school district, did a, a, a quick witch hunt, and fired them. And we filed a, a hot lawsuit on it, and now we're appealing uh, the lower court decision. I think this has a very good chance of prevailing because I just don't see how the other side can get a- away with this, you know, just because they don't like his viewpoint. The First Amendment's very clear on this, isn't it? It is, and and their argument that it it quote makes the district look bad to have people critiquing it is is not a valid legal reason to shut somebody down, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who, who used that excuse? I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. King George. Yeah. King George used that excuse. Uh, you colonialists, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. You're, don't, you're making the British Empire look bad. Um, our founding fathers didn't put up with that. Um, that's why we have the First Amendment to say, no, government, you can't silence free speech and you can't have as a condition to work for the government that you must agree with the state and only affirm the state and the state's position and opinions, uh, wherever that may be, local government, state, federal. So I think this is a, a very important case moving uh, along. As far as time-wise, I mean, these things can take quite a while, can't they, Catherine? Absolutely. It's a long, it's a long road, and, and certainly you never know what will happen. You never, it's always, it's always interesting to see how this will go and what will happen, but, and, and, and it'll certainly be a while before we know anything definite. Yeah. Well, it, it takes, it takes a while. You have to go through the administrative process. Uh, you know, this is a, I guess a title seven case. Uh, it's, you, you filed it in, in federal court, correct? Yes. Yeah, so this is actually just a straight first amendment case. Oh, straight first amendment case. Okay. Yeah. Straight first amendment case. Um, and if he prevails, um, I hope we hit that school district hard in the gut. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I want them to learn their lesson. They can't purge people uh, of faith because of their their perspective, their conservative uh, worldview and perspective. Uh, by the way, what was what were some of the concerns that that he had uh, specifically? I understand it was dealing with sexually explicit, like you said, library materials entering the school library. I think that's a very valid concern. 
Exactly. And like I said before, you know, many, many parents across the country, community members have brought this to the attention of countless school boards and library boards, even, you know, state legislatures. This is a this is a major issue of public concern. And he was involved in that conversation. And like you said, it's a very valid concern. We're talking about minors. You know, this is a K through 12 school. These are not adults. These are children. And they, you know, there's a compelling interest in protecting them from materials that could be potentially harmful to them. Well, I hope the parents of that community don't take this lying down and uh, working with props with their churches, uh, get involved, uh, get people to run for a school board the next time around, uh, get people on that school board that are actually reflective of the values and beliefs of that community. I'm assuming since it's in the heart of Idaho, it's pretty conservative community. I'm just sort of guessing. Uh, it seems to me that if you had a, a reasonable school board that was reflective of the community, they would not fire this bus driver. They would listen to the bus driver and take corrective actions to get rid of sexually explicit material out of the school library. This is a no-brainer, and I hope that there's some uh, changing of the guard, if you will, at the school board level, potentially, and also maybe at the superintendent level, the principal level, whoever's responsible for this, uh, they need to go. And hopefully the school board will see the error of their ways and uh, act accordingly, uh, hopefully. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for the work you're doing there in Idaho. And uh, who, would have, who would have known that Idaho, Idaho, would keep us so busy at the Pacific Justice Institute? But you're there and doing a great job. Keep up the great work. At PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation, and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights, and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. Uh, we now want to welcome to the show Attorney Tracy Tribbett, who heads up uh, one of our offices there in Washington State. Uh, Tracy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. Tracy, uh, there's some real controversial legislation <laughs> there in Washington State, sort of like Oregon and California, Illinois. I mean, there's just some states that just pump out some outrageous legislation and there's a present bill called SB 5599 that has a lot of people of faith very concerned. Uh, what is this uh, legislation about? Yes, Brad, it is very concerning. SB 99 is a bill, uh, and it's titled a Supporting Gender Affirming Care Act. And that is not only for Washingtonians, but also for runaway children. Uh, the bill purports to give children legal rights to ignore their parents, whether they are in state or out of state. And it is coupled with another bill called SB 5313, which uh, Washington state passed and which requires healthcare insurers to pay for gender affirming care. And so what you have in both of these acts is Washington state saying, parents, we don't care about your rights or what you think about your children. If they are suffering from mental health issues, gender dysphoria, we will welcome them with open arms. We will subrogate your rights and we will become the parents and we will allow your children of any age. Mind you, Brad, there's no age included in this bill. 
for a child to get gender-affirming care. And the state has put language into this bill stating that any parent who does not essentially affirm their child's wishes does not have to be notified or contacted by the state at one of these runaway um, health care shelters. It is terrifying. Gender-affirming care. Oh, it sounds so, so nice. What we're really talking about here is gender confusion affirmation. Yes. Right? It's not, there's nothing caring Absolutely. about it. You, you've got it, some, and you said any age. So I want to make sure I got this right because people need to understand what we're talking about here. So let's say there's a child in Idaho, Montana, mm -hmm. Utah. Let's say they're, oh, 10 years old, 12 years old. And somehow they run away and they make their way to, the, to Washington State. Washington State will not give them back to their parents in, say, Montana. They won't, they won't do that. Instead, with this legislation, Washington State says, oh, we're going to keep you here. We're going to ignore judges' actions from, Washington, from, from mm -hmm. Montana, say, and the parents. Yeah. We're going to keep the child here in order to further the confusion that the child has regarding gender uh, dysphoria, that's just sick. That's just that's it is demonic. Yes. In fact, the language in the bill states that anyone who receives an out-of-state subpoena or any other court order should not comply with it if it is against Washington law and specifically deals in gender-affirming care. And so, you know, the worst-case scenario is that Idaho, which borders Washington and which recently passed a bill to deny and make it a crime for doctors to engage in this type of care, you have children in Idaho. And let's say that there are sex traffickers in Idaho and they say, oh, well, it's easy for us to get these kids across the border. We'll start them into these gender affirming care programs. They won't call their parents. They will keep their parents out of the loop, even if they know where the parents are, even if the parents register their child as a runaway and the authorities in Washington know about this, they will not and cannot and may not contact the parents if the parents are against the gender affirming care. And so you can see all types of issues where children may be coaxed out of the loving homes of their parents, brought across state lines, and then really trafficked into all kinds of demonic um you know, sexual trafficking. It's yeah, terrifying it's, to see how far this could go. You know, this is already the law in the state of California. It's already yeah. the law in the state of California. And I, I want to tell people out there, uh, if no matter what state you're in, if you have a child that has any issues like this and you would like to see uh, this legislation challenged in California or to work with us to challenge uh, this legislation if it passes in Washington state, let us know. Uh, it takes plaintiffs to challenge matters like this. As far as I'm concerned, this law violates the Constitution's first full faith and credit clause because it's a state like California or Washington State, if this passes, saying we're going to ignore any judge order uh, from another state that's ordering the child to be given back to the parents. We're going to ignore that. We're going to ignore those states, state laws, those state court proceedings. As far as the kidnapper that took the child, oh, we're going to ignore that. I mean, this is outrageous. Exactly. And we're talking about, you know, they say, once again, you, you use a phrase like, you know, gender affirming care. This is their, this is their buzz language. It's, yep. it's gender confusion. Promotion yep. is, is what they're doing. And they want to promote gender confusion 
with a young child that's run away from home and the parents don't know where their child is. A lot of these kids end up dead, never, never returned. You know, they never, they never see their parents again. And the parents are not even allowed to be made aware that their child's okay, apparently. No information is given to the parents. They live in fear and horror that their child is dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just find this out, outrageous. Uh, do the people of Washington State, do they have any, is there any backlash on this? Or is Washington State, just like California, we have the majority uh, seemingly in the dark or uh, totally beholden to this twisted, demented uh, philosophy that's manifesting itself in law? Yeah, I think, you know, if you similar to other states, California and Oregon, if you look at the voting on this from our representatives, it's straight down the party lines. All Democrats are for this and all Republicans oppose it. And so for us, that essentially means that west of the Cascades, all the representatives there approve this and it'll go forward and everyone east of that area uh, disapproved of it. And so, you know, the, the hardship there is that Idaho borders Washington on its eastern side. That is where the influx will come. And you've got, you know, a variety of healthcare providers, Planned Parenthood included, that are starting to beef up, you know, their offerings. But as it's uh, stated right now on Planned Parenthood's website, they will not offer any kind of puberty blockers or other, you know, that tagline, gender-affirming care, to anyone under the age of 16. What this legislation does is gives them Planned Parenthood and other like-minded providers the go-ahead to start getting younger and younger and younger clientele. And Brad, the aim of a lot of these uh, medications that they'll give to these children is to get them before they hit puberty because that stops the blossoming of a young girl or a young boy who is growing up into a mature male or female, and they want to get to them before that. So the age group continues to be targeted younger and younger. You've got this going on in the schools, and really we've seen a rash of it lately. Um, If you look at uh, companies like Nike, Bud Light, as you mentioned, all of these companies now that are coming out and affirming all of this transgenderism, it's, it's manic, and I'm not sure where it ends. We don't even have language in this bill to limit it as far as age goes. Yeah, it's a mental condition. DMS-5, mm-hmm. the manual for psychology, psychiatrists call it, it's a, it is a mental condition. Yes. It, having someone go through this process doesn't help them. It doesn't get rid of depression. doesn't decrease suicide. It's no. very problematic. And when you violate the laws of nature and nature's God, that's what happens. Uh, this is it's very, it's very cruel. Uh, you know, how, how, uh, how is this being funded, this legislation? How are they, how are they planning on, on uh, fitting the bill for this? It seems like it would cost a lot of money. Indeed, that is the question. If you look at how uh, funds are allocated, right now they've only allocated $7.5 million, and that money is only to go for the homes, which are going to shelter this influx of runaway children. Um, That money will run out quickly. And then you've also got the insurance issue. These procedures, the medications, the health care, as they call it, cost hundreds of thousands of dollars Insurance companies are forced in Washington state. They cannot deny coverage for these types of services, whether private or public. And so in Washington, we have what's known as, um, I believe it's Apple Pay or Apple Care rather. And that is the Washington state funded health care. And those programs, if you think about it, Brad, 
homeless children coming over and across borders or, you know, homeless children even here in the state are not going to have any health care. They're going to take up the valuable resources that are needed for basic health care for mothers and children on this program. And the expense related to this influx, I don't think that our legislature has really thought out where the money is going to come from and how quickly it will bankrupt the Washington state insurance policies. Well, once again, uh, if there's people out there that feel impacted directly or there will be impact directly, they should contact us. Let's not even wait for this to become law. Uh, I think they should be contacting us. Uh, Tracy, would love to talk to you. If you think that your family is, uh, stands out as having some kind of a, a risk factor if this passes, then you, you have standing. We have to have people who have standing. We can't just get, have people who just don't like a bill to represent them in order to file a lawsuit. Government says, hey, you got to show someone who's directly impacted in some way or potentially in some way. So I encourage you to contact us if you're in the state of Washington, California. And I think this is actually going to spread to other states. Actually, if you're in other states as well, because we're talking once again, Tracy, about kids that can run away from any state to Washington or California. (laughs) And those family, that family in Iowa or North Carolina Mm -hmm. or Florida, I mean, they could be impacted by this. And they want to, I'm sure parents who have any kind of risk at all about this, maybe there's a, an ex-spouse who doesn't have guardian mm-hmm. or, or custody, I would like to use this as a pretext to, to steal the child. If you have any kind of situation like that, I think, those, I think those people should contact us so we can look at it and you can look at to what extent we might be able to represent them to challenge this should this become law. Tracy, do you think this has a good chance of becoming law there in Washington State? Unfortunately, I do. I think that like California and Oregon, we will follow suit. Right. Well, after this legislation passed in California, not not long after, uh, I got earthquake insurance. I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just saying, this is is so sick, so outrageous. And the pro-abortion legislation as well is just outrageous. In fact, speaking of pro-abortion legislation, I was talking of California, uh, where the Mm -hmm. voters uh, decided to approve an initiative on the ballot to uh, allow a person, a woman, to kill her precious preborn baby all the way up to through nine months, right before the baby is about to be born, and she can have that baby killed and aborted for any reason. Maybe they don't like the, the gender. Oh, I thought it was a, a boy. It was not a girl. Kill it. That's right. the law. The people, the voters of California have the blood on their hands. The culpability is very high. And yet there's legislation, I understand, that is, I guess, somewhat uh, similar to that in uh, the state of Washington, isn't there? Yes, absolutely. They are attempting to uh, change the Washington state constitution to allow for a constitutional right to abortion. And, you know, these kind of kinds of changes to our constitution, which has stood for hundreds of years, uh, simply to allow for murder you know, Brad, it's almost incomprehensible if you had told me this was going to pass or even be a potential for voters 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago uh, to change the Constitution to give someone the right to murder uh, a woman in particular. Women should care for their children, not murder them. Um, you know, I, I, I'm shocked still. And I think the cruelty involved in this just gets to the heart of, like you said, judgment is upon us. And people have removed God from our society, and we, we really are seeing it crumble right around us. 
Yeah, this is, is shocking. You know, I've heard the activists on the other side, they, they, their line is, you know, uh, a woman has, a person has a right over their own body. A woman has a right over their own body. Well, the preborn has a right over their own body. And yeah. when, that, when that abortionist goes in with no pain medication at all, mm-hmm. uh, goes in and chops off body parts and mm-hmm. crush, I mean, I'm not getting more explicit than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the mother's not feeling that pain. Mm-hmm. The, the, the baby, the preborn baby is feeling that pain because it's their body. And <laughs> we need to be outspoken against this. We're begging for the judgment of God or the, the discipline of God, depending on your theology. I won't get an yes. argument on that, but <laughs> I see Christians argue. I agree. Um, yep. it's, it's such a shame. But I know a lot of people have been frustrated out there. The good news is that we at PJI, we're, we are leading the nation, folks, in this litigation mm-hmm. all across the country. We don't just, like yep. I said before, we don't just cherry pick a few high profile cases. And Lord willing, uh, we're going to continue that work. Once again, people, I encourage you to go to our website, pji.org to get kept up with our cases, pji.org. Thank you once again, Tracy, for the great work that you're doing there in Washington State. God bless. Thank you. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.